Welcome to Lunchtime Frights. I'm your host, David. The meal on today's Lunchtime Frights is served up by a problem child. And this child's problem can only be solved in a horrifying way. It's two o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep. Some of it is stress, a pain in the ass job, family that won't get off your back. But it's mostly something in the hallway. You can hear bangs against the wall like clockwork and it's driving you mad. You throw on a robe, slippers, then stomp to the door. But before you get there, the gears in your mind start shifting, taking you to a place you do not want to go. What if it's somebody dangerous? Somebody luring you into the hallway to scare you, rob you, or worse? You cup your ear to the door, give it a good listen, but the pounds just get louder. No more clues identifying the source. So you open the door, slowly. When you see what's out there, you unload a sigh of relief. It's a kid, no more than five, bouncing a ball against the walls. He keeps bouncing it like he doesn't even see you there. Excuse me, you ask. He turns, sour look on his face. Yeah? Do your parents know you're up at two o'clock in the morning? He lets out a small laugh. Of course not. You fold your arms, posing like a tough parent. Well, maybe I should tell them the next time I see them. He laughs again, harder this time, like he's never heard a funnier joke. Yeah, good luck. But you keep your eyes locked on him, face stern, arms still folded. Or maybe I'll just tell the landlord instead. Make sure you all get kicked out of here. <laughs> he turns, walks back to his apartment door. Not that he's afraid or anything, just bored with your drill sergeant routine. After a brief stare down, he opens the door and steps inside. Before he slams the door shut, you see somebody in there. Somebody who turns to you in panic, eyes wide, face red. Somebody with a secret, a dark one. When the door closes, you walk away, back to your apartment, back to bed, but not back to sleep. Now there's something else keeping you up, a question, who was that inside? And there are more questions. What did that kid mean by good luck? Are his parents okay? Is he okay? 
Time's up. You have to get to work and deal with co-workers and supervisors who do not care that you didn't get a wink of sleep last night. You sleepwalk into the shower, then throw on some clothes. Unable to disentangle your mind from the questions about the family down the hallway. Who are they? What is going on in their apartment? Who is that kid? When you get to the hallway to leave for work, you hear a door open. And sure enough, it's somebody from the kid's apartment. In fact, as your eyes uncomfortably lock, you recognize his face. Even the look of panic is the same. But it fades quickly. Like an Oscar-winning actor playing a role, he addresses you with a polite neighbor's grin. Morning. Good morning, you answer, faking a smile and ready to take off. You go your way, he goes his. But before you reach the parking lot door, your curiosity snags you back, holds you in place. Against your better judgment, you turn and face him. He stops, gives you another smile. Yes. So, um, you struggle with the words. But if you don't spit this question out, it's going to be another rough night. A night of too many questions and not enough sleep. I know this is none of my business, but yes. Are you okay with your kid being out like that? I mean, at two in the morning. He's puzzled. Like he doesn't understand the question. My kid? Yes, the kid. Last night. Bouncing the ball in the hallway. More confusion. That was your kid, right? I don't have a kid, he says. Shrugging the question off. Then leaving. Last night I... But he's gone now. Stepping into the parking garage. Through the glass door, you can see him on his way to his car. And you can also hear something coming out of his apartment. A voice. A young voice. Crying for help. You've got some time before anybody can see you. Time enough to cup your ear to the door and find out. Somebody is in there. The kid. And he is not having a good time. You look up to see a set of angry eyes land on you. It's your neighbor seated in his car, giving you a glacial stare before he takes off. And you figure maybe it's time to let this become somebody else's problem. Like the police. You make a phone call and tell them what you know, but there isn't much to tell. You saw a kid and a grown-up's worried face through a crack in the door, but that's it. When you talk to the landlord and the other neighbors, you hear the same story from them all. There is no kid. 
but there was once. Years ago, the couple that lived in there had a five-year-old. Then came an accident. At least, that's what the jury decided. There was speculation, crazy rumors, but nobody proved anything. This bewilders you. You saw the kid with your own eyes, heard his cries for help with your own ears. He's in there. He's in danger. And you know it. The next night is quiet. No ball bouncing in the hallway. But that doesn't help you sleep any better. You still need to know what is happening. You open the door, step into the hallway, creep toward your neighbor's door. Once again, you hear something. It's faint, hard to make out. So you press your ear against the door. Just like before, you hear voices. Grown-up voices this time. Heated, angry. The words are too far away, too muffled to make sense of. But you hear something about a kid and how he better shape up and stop telling lies. There's a tap on your shoulder. You turn, terrified. It's the kid, laughing at your panic. Catching your breath, you ask him, Are you okay? He grins. I guess so. Is anybody hurting you? He rolls his eyes. Lady, if you want to know what's happening in there, just come in with me. You are frozen stiff. You mean go inside with you? He nods. Sure. Let me just check to make sure everything's okay. Before you can answer, he opens the door and steps inside. You think about how easy it would be to just go home, forget about all of this. You start to backpedal toward your apartment, eyes still locked on your neighbor's door. This might be a good time to make a dash for it, to get inside your apartment before somebody or something snags you into something you will never ever be able to forget. But just as you reach your apartment door, Hey lady! You turn. The kid is waving you forward. And you can't resist. You get to their doorway, and he reaches out a hand to guide you inside like a parent offering a firm hand to a frightened child. He leads you inside, walking slowly. The place looks normal, an ordinary three-bedroom apartment, but it's eerily quiet. Where are your parents, you ask? They're gone. In the middle of the night? He doesn't answer. He turns to you, his eyes exploding with fear. This is a warning, a red flag announcing that you shouldn't be here, and neither should he. 
this would be a good time to leave. There's something spooky about this place, a presence. You spin around slowly, checking everything out. There's nobody here. But then you see something through a crack in the closet door, an eye peeping out. It disappears into the dark, but you know you saw it. You dash out, but it's too late. A figure leaps from the closet, tackles you to the ground. It's your neighbor with a knife, pinning you to the floor. A second figure joins him, wrestling you in place, ready to stab you, choke you, take you out forever. But you fight back. You fight for your life in a chaotic tangle of bodies. The kid is screaming, trying to wrestle the knife from his father's hand. And he does it. The knife hits the floor and you grab it. With two savage bodies above you clawing and kicking, you have no choice. You swing that knife wildly, carving into their bodies until they shudder and shake and eventually drop to the floor. There is no sound now. Even the kid's screams are gone. Because the kid is gone. All you see is that big rubber ball on the floor. A reminder of why you were there. You sit in the police station, replaying the nightmare in your mind, shivering, fighting back tears. The last few days events have been too much to take. But you didn't have a choice, did you? You had to defend that kid. The story sounds strange and the evidence isn't on your side. But that kid was there. He was real. And you had to do what you did. It's not like you barged into that couple's apartment and stabbed them to death to punish them for a murder they may or may not have committed. The kid was there. He was alive, and you were protecting him. At least, that's what you tell the police, right? Thank you for joining us on Lunchtime Frights. If you found today's episode sufficiently frightening, leave us five stars and a good review. We would appreciate it. For more Tales of Terror, check us out at coppervox.com. We'll catch you next week. So you better run fast.